Now, this morning, um, I'm going to invite, we've got a young gun and an old sage. <laughs> I don't know if he's in that category yet, but he's certainly leaning in that direction. Uh, but we're going to invite Taj Geeskins and Dave Hockey, and they're going to come on up and they're going to share with us this morning. We're actually going to have a little bit of a banter together of some of their Jesus stories, how they met Jesus, um, who Jesus is now, and also why they think other people should know about Jesus. So why don't you welcome up Taj and Dave. I told Willow that I'd come up with the plat. Do you like Willow's work on the beard? Who loves the beard? If you don't love the beard, then get the link, the Shave Dave link, pay money, and share that link and tell everyone else to pay money because it's worth $15,000, this beard. Fifteen grand. But what $15,000 does is it gets an extra day of chaplaincy at Pine Rivers High School, so... That's what we're really after. But Willow, great work, but I'm going to undo it now because it hurts to talk. It, it pulls. It pulls. It certainly makes you look a lot wiser when you have it like that, Dave. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, this morning we want to just share a few uh, Jesus stories with you. Um, Big Breakfast is a time for us to tell some testimonies about who Jesus is and what he's doing in our lives. And so... I, th- I thought we'd first start with, uh, maybe we'll start with you, Taj. And uh, firstly, great to have you here. Tell us, mate, um, just give us a bit of a, like, who am I and what do I do during the day? Uh, I'm Taj Geeskins. Um, it says up there. That's what the G stands for, Geeskins. Um, I'm in grade 12. I'm 16 years old. Um, and my day-to-day, I just kind of... Chill, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Student life is pretty good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but grade 12, um, it's a big year for you, finishing high school. Yeah. And um, beginning to think about a future beyond school life. Um, tell us a little bit, Taj, about how you met Jesus. Well, that's a bit of a hard question, really, because I grew up in a Christian family. So I guess I was there from the very beginning, but I feel like I didn't actually encounter him until grade seven-ish. Okay, so you would have been about 12 or 13 then? Yeah. yeah. So when Ken Fish came, first came to this church, um, I was at youth group and I just got smacked. <laughs> now, just for those of us who may not understand what that means, uh, when you say you got smacked, <laughs> we think it might mean something different to that. <laughs> Tell us what was going on when you say that, mate. Well, it's it's... Um, really something that you can't explain. Um, it was weird. Um, I'm a male, so I don't cry. But <laughs> I was bawling my eyes out. I was, like, shaking all over. I was really warm. I don't know. I just felt really happy. I don't know. It's, you can't really control what's going on. <laughs> so you were basically having an encounter with the presence of Jesus. And yeah. so it was kind of, like, overwhelming in every sense of the word. Yeah. Okay. And how... Coming out of that experience, how do you feel like that changed you after you encountered Jesus in that moment? Um, I was pretty tired, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I definitely showed me that, like, it's, it's real, I guess, because uh, growing up in a Christian family, you kind of grown up with it, but then, like, I don't know, there's points where you're like... <laughs> does this even happen right (laughs) so yeah yeah. Yeah. absolutely there's absolutely moments of like is this just all fairy tale or is this real so it went from just being something maybe maybe thought about and it actually became something that really encountered the core of who you are eh? yeah brilliant thanks mate um and i'm sure there's plenty of others in this room who've also had those encounters and the wonderful thing i love about these kind of encounters is as many people as there are in this room there are as that many different unique stories of how Jesus has revealed himself to people and and it's worth telling you know we the young kids they read the scripture to us this morning 
when Peter was pulled aside and told, don't, don't talk anymore in the name of Jesus. Stop that. You know, you're upsetting our community. You're upsetting our government structures. You're upsetting our, our religious ways. Stop it. And then they said, but we've got nothing to hide. And then they just told their story. And so, um, you know, in hearing Taj begin to tell you some of his story, think about your own story of Jesus. And you've got nothing to hide. You've got nothing to hide, even though we live in a time where a lot of culture and a lot of people are saying, hey, shh, shh, on that Jesus stuff. Just stop talking about Jesus. It was all through the press again this week. But you've got nothing to hide, Jesus people. Just be bold in telling your story because it's your story. No one can take that from you. Hey, thanks, Taj. We'll come back in a minute a bit more. Hey, Dave, tell... Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do uh, to start with. Um, so, yep, I'm Dave and <clears throat> I spend my life chasing my children around. I've got five terrific children, four daughters and a son. And when I'm not doing that, although I'm still doing that sometimes, when I'm at work, which is working in schools, I work as a chaplain. Uh, I work two days at Pine Rivers High School up the road here. I work two days at Samford Primary School. And I also work a day in the city as a chaplain to um, the office staff. So I'm kind of listening and sharing life with little children and bigger kids like this mug at Pine Rivers and, um, and adults as well. So it's a really trippy kind of year going on at the moment actually yeah so you're actually getting to work with the whole age range of people really yeah yeah fantastic. so Very dave spread. give us a quick little idea of um how you met jesus um i've had several encounters with christ over the years when i was 12 i went on a camp and the preacher it was at easter time and the preacher made clear that to me that i wasn't going to go to heaven because of my parents faith I grew up going to church, but um, as a result of being a part of that environment, which was a high school student, so much older than me, um, I realised that I needed to know Jesus. And he talked about hell and I got very scared and I didn't want to go to hell at all. So I prayed a prayer that night in my bunk. I remember it. I cried. I was so scared. Um, and that, I guess, but nothing really changed till I was about um, 18 and I was starting to, I was still going to church, doing all youth group things. And my then girlfriend decided that we were going to break up because I wasn't serious about following Jesus. It's kind of ironic, actually, how things have played out. But anyway, that's a whole other story. So, <laughs> so we, we, we broke up and um, that made me um, have to really think about what I believed in and... Um, I read and then I, I got serious about following God and got my girlfriend back and married her. Uh, but then um, a mate of mine gave me a book called A Ready Defense and um, I read that book and realised that <clears throat> God and the story of Jesus goes and the power of the Bible goes way beyond just what, just doing church, way beyond religion, that there was some substance to that. So, so I then had a very... Uh, set kind of mental ascent and knowledge of God and it was good. I think a lot of people go through life with that um, but it was when I had some just real trauma in our life where one of our children passed away as a baby and I met Christ then in a way that really captured my, my life in a way that I can't uh, ever get away from again. So that was a very, very um, distinct but very, uh, in, I don't know about the word, um, because it was such a terrible time, but it was confronting because Jesus wasn't real gentle with me at a time when you would think God would be very gentle. Uh, but he basically drew a line and said, you choose where you're going to stand. And, and um, I've been caught ever since. Seen some wild stuff. That, that you have, David, that you have. Um, mate, it's just also a real joy to know that um, that there's people like you working in all of our schools around the area, you know, in our primary schools and our 
local high schools who are bringing the kingdom of God to those environments. I want to say, mate, well done. And um, folks, please, please do consider um, seriously what David was saying before about his beard. Um, he actually does on his Facebook page have a... Um, is it? It's not a GoFundMe thing. It's no, it's uh, it's, um, it's everyday through Everyday Hero. Everyday it's Hero. It's called Champion Your Chappy. We should get the link up there, we but that'll be another link. time. Yeah, we'll get that up there at another time. But it's an opportunity where David is looking to raise fifteen thousand dollars that will give him another day a week working in um, the local high school, and so as as a means of demonstrating how serious David is about that. He's willing to put his beard on the line for that, okay? Now, that's a few wow. years' work right there. Let me tell you, I could never do that. But um, You really could, Kirk. Well, I, I think physiologically, I couldn't. <laughs> just leave it alone. Just let it play. Just let the puppy run. You'll be surprised. Nick, I see a hallelujah. Nick doesn't mind a good Nick. whisker in the nose. <laughs> All right, let's get. But go and visit David's Facebook page, and you'll see where you can um, you can get involved and make a tax deductible donation as well to helping chaplaincy in our local schools. I, I do encourage you to that. Um, so Taj, let's let's just swing back to you a bit here, mate. You're in grade twelve now. Yeah. Um, you're working through your last sort of term of um, high school. How does walking high school and your relationship with Jesus look for you now? What is, how does that play out for you on a, like a day-to-day basis? I don't know. It's, um, I guess throughout high school I've always been pretty just adamant that, you know, I'm Christian and I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, uh, I just, I guess I just... Do my own thing, really. <laughs> so, so do you find um, like being a Christian means there's a point of difference at di- at moments between what some of the young people in school life might be wanting to do or get engaged in, and you find yourself at a point of difference and separation, or or how how do how do you navigate that, mate? Are those times um, a bit tough to navigate? Um, uh, I guess not anymore. Okay. But like, uh, like, or I guess around grade ten, I guess I tried to hang out with the the cool kids okay. and yep. stuff like that. But like, I that never really worked out because I was like, no, that's wrong. So then they kind of just went, what's the point of having you around? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I guess right now I just kind of hang with a group of people where, like, I don't know, it's just. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay like, to yeah. be you. Yeah. It's okay so, to be you. Uh, yeah, just be myself. And it's yep. Same. Ian, mate, um, being a friend of Jesus, walking through school every day, um, does he ever talk to you about what's on his heart for them? Yeah. What, give us a bit of an insight onto some of that conversation. Give us a bit of a take on that. I don't know. I'll, I guess when I'm walking around school, I'll just, like, I'll see something and I'll just, like, have... A massive amount of empathy for that co- that person, right. and like I'll just be like, mm, I yeah. just you know I feel really bad for that, but then I can kind of see what they're going through, and I'm like, oh, oh. but I never really have the guts to do anything. <laughs> Nonetheless, mate, just being able to identify that yeah. is is brilliant. That and well done because the scriptures talk about how when Jesus looked out at all the people, um, it says he was filled with compassion. And that's, if, if we're going to engage with people and their circumstances, it's got to come from that place of empathy and compassion from the heart of God. And so, well done on being, first and foremost, being able to identify that mm-hmm. and, and allowing yourself to begin to want to know that. That's, that's called discipleship, mate. You, you're a good disciple of Jesus. Well done. Well done. Um, Dave, tell, tell, tell us a bit about the the day-to-day rub of being a friend of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, a dad, a chaplain, a bloke. Just just give us a bit of an idea on what does it mean for you in the day-to-day of being a disciple of Jesus. Um, 
for so I live a life really in a way where I'm just overwhelmed. I'm weighing over my head. I've long come to accept that. I've come to accept the fact that I'm never going to get everything done that I want to get done, that I'd like to get done. Um, <clears throat> so my walking with Christ has that prayer of God help is, is the way I live my life. Um, I've learnt through just through circumstance and as the years tick by and, and trying to reflect on where I'm at and, and where we would want to go, <clears throat> decisions I guess that I've made, key like major life decisions right down to the small everyday decisions is to, and this kind of fits with my personality I've learnt too, is to just really live in the moment, um, to try and hear hear God speak and expect God to speak into even the little things. Uh, so my challenge is to allow space for that, to set space aside, um, both deliberate space in the morning, you know, to be quiet and read a bit of the word and, and talk to the Lord about the day that's to come. But, but literally in the going, I take great encouragement as we read the scriptures, it was all... I get the impression that Jesus, they, I don't know why or where, what rhyme or reason they had for moving around, but they, they, he was just faithful to whatever the Father was doing. He recognised a teaching opportunity when it was there. He recognised a healing opportunity when it was there. So for me, it's recognising the opportunities that are what I call are eternal encounters, eternal encounters in, a, in what I call a typically temporal world the day in day out stuff but where is Jesus coming today and and if I if I have my eyes open to that it's amazing what what can happen at the end of the day you look back and you go wow that that just happened but it's it's also in the I've, I've come to learn to enjoy the the ins and outs of making lunches every morning and getting breakfast together every morning uh, to enjoy uh, my children around me, the stuff that you could get frustrated and and over very quickly, uh, come to accept that this is my life today. This right now being present in the moment, God help me be aware of the very moment that I'm in now in time and space. This time will never happen again, even if it's putting an apple in and they like bananas and this one likes peanut paste on the sandwich, all of that stuff... It's all happening, but there's a greater conversation going on and, it, and it's meaningful for right now. And leaving tomorrow, because I'd really like to be trekking around New Zealand, um, <laughs> allow that to happen if it's going to happen um, and, and trust the Lord for that. It's, that's the challenge. That's good, David. I really, I really appreciate what you're saying there about how walking with Jesus is both a very present now experience in today as well as something that has a sense of implication for eternity. And so the way that we go about following Jesus in the here and now actually impacts the eternal realities of, of, of Jesus' relationship with the people around us. And so, hey, last weekend you were one of the people that were here at the vineyard that experienced a pretty dramatic healing in your neck and your shoulders um can you just give us a little bit of a like like we all came here on the sunday and we saw you get physically healed but there was a bigger story going on around that i thought the story of jesus healing you was pretty amazing in itself but there's this other story around that can you just give us a quick like tell us that story um so I hope that didn't go on my phone. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's living in the moment. Where'd you spill that water? Um, <clears throat> so a couple of weeks ago, a Wednesday morning, right? So Wednesday mornings are pretty busy because that's when I work in the city. I need to get to the train. I really like to catch the 8.33 train, but I can't drop my children to school before quarter past eight at Debra. So um, we were having a normal Wednesday morning. It's like, righto, out we go, kids. You guys off to school, Sears, everyone dressed, you know, ready to go. Hopped in the car and it wouldn't start. 
I'm like, okay, that's all right. We're going to, and this is my life, is rolling with whatever comes. Um, the nature of chaplaincy means that you just have to think and live on your feet because who knows what's coming in the door in any given moment that could affect your whole day, and that is every day. So I think I've become pretty versatile to thinking on my feet. And so it's like, right, the car's not working. That's okay. You guys go to school. We'll, you know, Maya was crook. So I'm like, right, you're going to stay there and just juggling that. Got the RACQ out. He said he thought what it was. But what it meant was, okay, I'm going to be late into work. So I rung. Oh, thank you. So I rung work and said I'm going to be late. RACQ Kai came out and um, he couldn't work it out. They said, I heard an ad the other day, 95% of times we get the car started. Yeah, great. I'm in that 4% or 5% that it didn't work. Anyway, so I had to, I missed the day. Couldn't get the car started. Dabra is a wonderful place to live, terrible place to live if you're, you're stranded because there's no public transport. Um, Long story short, thankfully it was state of origin that night. We got up, had um, family and friends around my place. My daughter brought eight of her friends from school, so it was a pretty wild old night. But my dad was there and he lent me their car. Um, oh no, my mate lent me his car, blah, blah, blah. I got out of trouble, but the car is still stuck in the driveway. We don't know what the problem was. Saturday comes, uh, RACQ comes and tows it to a local mechanic and uh, he's looking at it and he actually found the problem when he lifted up this pipe. You could see there was just sludge all around this gasket and he said what it's in the exhaust gas recirculation. It's got a, a valve stuck. So, so there's this valve that opens and closes and because there was so much muck and build-up the, around the valve, the valve got stuck open and wouldn't close, so it was just filling the motor with dirty gas and it wouldn't run. So it was stuck. Managed to work our way out of that and the guy told me it's going to be like 1500 bucks. Thanks, man. That's all I needed to know. And I'd spent, I'd spent a couple of days trying to find a part that it wasn't even the right part to fix it. So it was frustrating, but we're coping. We're getting by. And so I'm borrowing a friend's car, then mum and dad were away, I'm borrowing mum and dad's car. So I, I could come up with strategies to get through. So I was stuck, but we make it work. Um, and that Sunday I was coming to, coming to church and I, I, like, like I said before, I live in a state of overwhelm. I really walk a fine line between losing it but holding it together. And I, I choose to hold it together. <laughs> and God gives me the grace to do that. But um, I was running late and I didn't even have my children with me to have an excuse. I was just, you know, I just woke up Sunday morning after a late Saturday night and I took it so I'm like, oh, going to church. And I was thinking, oh, hang on. Now, which weekend is it? When did I get paid? Is this the week I put paying money in and I was like, oh, I'm going to be late and I miss the music and that, da, da, da. and my head was just real detail detail and, and Jesus just sort of laughed a little bit and said, are we not doing grace anymore? And, um, and I heard that, I'm like, sort of laughed. <laughs> well, you know, when there's always, there's always a statement but then there's all this reality that comes with that. It's like a package that's planted in your spirit. And so, um, and so he said, are we not doing grace anymore? When did, since when did you worry about this stuff? Because the stuff I was worrying about is stuff that I, I don't normally worry about. And a lot has to do with personal finance and being able to get by. And this fact, this car was going to cost me so much money that I don't have and all of this stuff, and I was just like, Ugh. and the Lord just broke it by the way he laughed. I felt him laughing. And I just went, oh, grace. He's like, yeah, you've got to give yourself some grace. He said, and it's like when he said, since when did you start worrying about this? He never worries about it. And it was unusual for me to be worrying about it. But here I was just, you know, worrying about it. 
grace, man. Just give yourself room. And so, you know, I got to church and I was had that rattling around. And um, then when you... It was unusual because you said normally wait to the end and we say these people who's got and uh this was a a sore neck and shoulders now mine wasn't that sore but if i go i don't know if you heard that i did did from here and it was not nice did that come through the mic it's pretty nasty anyway um all i got to do is shrug and everything breaks so i got that going on and um so really steph and and on that sunday my neck was a bit quite stiff and with a bit of pain. So when Kirk mentioned that and it was out of sync and it was out of time, I just knew the Lord in context of our conversation was going to be doing something and so I thought I better stand up. And as I stood up, I just you just know it. He just laughed and said, now let me remind you what grace is. And um, so I stood there and a couple of people put their hands and I could feel a little tingling going on and so it's not like I was in extraordinary pain. It's not like I had to turn like this. But there was a greater story. It wasn't just about... Because my shoulder... Like, it's all... It's just doing its thing now. And I've come to accept that that's how it is. Um, but it was like... It was later that afternoon, actually, I put it all together. It's like this the sludge of just running the car. Just the normal running reliability of the car. It's getting by. I didn't realise that while I'm driving for all these months, there's this slow build-up of gunk in my engine. And um, just doing life and the stress of doing life is really evident in my shoulders, but I get by. I just carry on. I choose to ignore it, but it's there and I'm getting by. But this stress is building up into knots in my shoulders um, until it gets stuck. And so the gunk which has been building up, which you're not aware of, had seized my motor. Not seized, but you know what I mean. The normal stresses of doing life and the details of having to balance budget and pay for groceries and all of that stuff was building up in my spirit so that I wasn't even giving myself grace or recognising God in the moment necessarily until it got stuck And so that Sunday morning, through that timing, and you wouldn't have known anything about that. You would have just heard God maybe say, because you actually said... I was reading the list from the team that were praying before the service about they waited on the Lord for words of knowledge, and that was the first one on the list. Yeah. And you you said unusually, let's deal with this one now. And so that that God in the moment, the Holy Spirit speaking, and I knew that was going to be for me and... And um, so that was it. And then in that afternoon, God just showed me that with eyes to see, and he told his parables and he said his parables to people who have ears to hear. And this is key. I believe that that this is a very holistic world and that everything is connected. I'm not some weird airy-fairy, but I think they've got something. Absolutely. um, God, my engine breaking down was a metaphor for what was going on in my spirit. It needed a very physical world realm solution, dollars in the bank solution. Um, But, you know, it was an indicator of what happened on the Sunday morning. And so this last week was for me like walk in the grace of God and just really... And I've had to fight. I've got to tell you, this week has not been easy. I had to fight to... um, to stay in that place. It was like work-wise. Yeah. It was, you know, I would like to think that I then went to work the next day and oh, all these amazing opportunities came in. It didn't. I had to fight to concentrate at my computer. I didn't actually get much of what my program written. I only had like two appointments. I was like, man, what a, what a waste of time. And yet that was the point, <laughs> is that God's mercies are new every morning. He's with us graciously in every given day straight away the next day crack 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 it's like ah yeah but doesn't matter we walk on and the grace of god is there so that's a sorry for if i took that long but but it was a great reminder that keep your eyes open to what's going on in the day keep paying attention to all the thoughts in your mind 
Pay attention to the thoughts in your mind and what is it indicating about what's going on in our spirit and where we're, what Jesus is wanting, wanting, wanting to teach us. So. Thanks, Dave. Again, another great um, you know, reality that Jesus is involved with us in the day-to-day life of you know, walking it out. And um, isn't he good just to like, help us to see what we don't see? because <laughs> of our own stuff gets in the way. He just graciously comes along and says, since when do we start worrying about these things and don't we do grace anymore? You know, simple little one-liners from the heart of God and yet they open us up yeah. to freedom and life again. And thanks for sharing that, mate. I really appreciate that. Um, Taj, um, oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Taj, mate, let's bring this... Let's. Um, seeing as we're talking about cars, let's park the car now, mate. Let's bring it into the garage right. and, and, and close this thing off. But, um, Taj, thinking about, um, you know, the people that are sitting here today in front of us um, and thinking about your friends in school and, um, and where, you know, where, where you do life, um, you know, the Bible said that the early disciples, as the kids read it this morning, it, they came under these times of saying, hey, stop talking about Jesus. Keep, we forbid you to talk about him. Um, and yet it's through the telling of our story that's actually going to bring people into relationship with Jesus. Um, just tell us how important you think that is, mate. Do you, for, for everyone that's listening here... What would you what would you want to encourage all of us with in terms of telling our story of Jesus? Um, I guess um, everybody's story is important in the first place, and um, just like anything that you're working through, no matter how big or small, like it's important to like just like yeah, um, like work through it with God, and like when you when you told me to speak about like meeting God for the first time I was like oh I feel like I've met God for the first time like a hundred times over yeah, because good. he's forever changing for for like the different situations you're in so like yes. like working through different things God will change for you and he'll become I don't know he'll become a father or he'll become a mother or right. he'll become like a brother yep yeah I so, love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think you're onto something yeah. there. You know, he comes to us as we can appreciate him yeah. in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, just like like with the story that you've got going on right now in your life, you, you, you don't look back on the past of what's happened. That's, that's gone. Nothing matters about that anymore. Don't look into the future. Just work on the now and God will come and meet you in that place. That yeah. is an awesome word of wisdom right there, Taj. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, good disciple, follower of Jesus. Yeah. Well done, mate. <laughs> Give Taj a round. Dave, um, seeing as your car's working, let's stay with that analogy now. Um, let's park this thing. Um, how, what would you say to folk here about their story and going about, you know, this is your kingdom family here. Um, how would you want to encourage them this morning in their in their discipleship with Jesus on the day-to-day and the story of that? Well, folks, I think that um, there is a whole other world going on that includes the kingdom of heaven coming and affecting change in the earth. And we can be a part of that story as little or as much as we choose. Um. God, God's grace is so enormous. We can be saved. We can be saved and we can walk through life dealing with the worries of every given day and live like no other person, like no difference to anyone else. So we can engage with the kingdom of heaven almost never if we choose. Or we can go and stand in that place where it affects our very lives. God does not judge us any which way. His grace is will cover everything but he gives us the authority and he respects our authority to choose as we will to how much we will involve him in our lives and how much we're being prepared to involve ourselves in his life which is the world and which is all about seeing 
the kingdom of heaven alter the shift. And we know it's yeah. big and it's powerful because apparently Queen, someone's in Queensland positions of power. You know, our war is not against flesh and blood but against the powers, authorities and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And someone is just saying in Queensland schools now that even students aren't even allowed to talk about Jesus or attach Christmas to Jesus, apparently. I haven't heard any of that, by the way, on the ground, but apparently that's happening. So we know that when when Jesus followers actually step, it's I, I see it like this, like a curtain almost, as we step into and prepared to live with those um, eyes and ears to the Holy Spirit, we affect change. I've had to, I've been a chaplain for 19 years and I've had to trust in that. If I measured my my worthwhileness as a chaplain according to measurements of this world or even my own stuff, I'm a miserable failure. Why didn't I get out? And I've tried to get out actually a couple of times because <laughs> I feel like a failure. But I have to trust that this is the Lord's thing and he's doing his, it's his game. Things will shift on his timing and he's want to work and bless me in my life as much as anything that I could affect change in this world. So um, giving myself the room, because one of the things that, he, that I'd said in response to Jesus the other day was I realised, and I actually spoke out, but it was a statement I realised of um, the situation I've allowed my life to get to is where there's the, I'm not running with the joy that I normally have and the free-flowing easy come, easy go <clears throat> life that I have. I, like, I'm seriously being caught up in the, the gritty details and stressing out and I don't have to because I guess I'm able to engage, I'm engaging less and trusting less and having less faith in practice. So while I can say the right stuff, you can say you know stuff, you know the Bible and you know stories and that, but there's a difference between knowing things, and this is, I guess, what it comes down to. There's a difference in knowing stuff in your mind, <clears throat> but I think in actually going and standing in that place. So I can describe the place of faith. I can tell stories of what it is to walk in faith and the power of God in your life, but having to actually go and stand over there is, is a whole other story, and that's the nature of faith. Faith without works is useless. Um, it's dangerous, actually, because you can get religious. And I was thinking religiously kind of thing. I'm not a religious guy at all. It's one of the things I love about the vineyard and have done for the last 16 years is the lack of religion. But we are religious in nature. Human beings like religion, whatever that looks like. Uh, the Israelites wanted a king. They wanted laws put over them when God wouldn't put laws over them. People, human beings are religious and I was judging myself because I wasn't getting it right and yet that's not even on Jesus' radar. And so when we can be learn to be gracious to ourselves, we can be gracious to others. When we can love ourselves with freedom, we can be free toward others and that's the attractive stuff that makes people want Christ. So that's we yeah. can all do it, we've got it, he is in us as we are in the world. Awesome, David. Thank you. Hey, can we just thank David and Taj for sharing their story of Jesus this morning? And um, I don't know, but as I was listening to you guys this morning, I think there's a few things there that kind of like the, there was a bit of a, you know, a, um, a highlighter moment. You know, I, when I listen to people, I kind of see like a, either a green or an orange highlighter on the words that are coming out of their mouth, and it's like the Lord saying, hey, pay attention to that that's coming out of them right now. And there was a few little highlighters there for me. One, one was, um, just as David was just sharing there, he said, you know, I stopped operating out of joy, and I was starting to op just operate out of just frustration and religion, really. But he was, it was the lack of operating out of joy of his relationship with the Lord. And I felt like the Lord, as he was highlighting that to me, was saying, there's people here like that today. They've forgotten what it means to operate out of a relationship with Jesus that flows from a place of the joy of that relationship, of that the grace of God in that relationship. So um, 
I think God wants to meet with people this morning around that. They've forgotten to operate out of joy. Does that ring a bell for anyone? Just pop your hand up if that's kind of, yeah, I'm, okay, so we've got one person, two, okay. Oh, you, that's right, you get all the focus of prayer. So we've got about three, four people (laughs) that have been just, you know, not operating out of the place of joy anymore. We want to pray for that. And also, I just, something that Taj said that I sort of got really highlighted to me was when he said, uh, you know, about meeting God for the very first time, he said, I've like had that moment a hundred times. And I felt like the Lord was saying, there's people in here who need the 101st encounter with me this morning. And the Lord wants to come to you this morning and meet with you as Lord and King. So who would like to have the 101st encounter with the Lord this morning? Just pop your hand up if you'd like that. Okay. Hey, well, listen, all of you folk that have popped your hand up, can you just stand up where you are? Can you just stand up where you are? And the joy people too, the people that are looking for the operating out of joy as well. And I'm actually just going to ask maybe... Taj, can you just pray for the pray for us for those to meet Jesus? And Dave, why don't you pray about the joy? So I'll handball it over to you, Taj, if you want to lead off, mate. <laughs> this could be dangerous and might start crying. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's all good. That's all good. Um, I guess just for everyone who's standing up, I'll just yep. start praying right now. I just ask that the Holy Spirit just yeah. comes down onto everyone right now and just you feel the warmth of the presence and you just be able to like just bathe in the presence of the Lord and just anything that God wants to speak to you right now that just like the like just speak to you very clearly and like images come to your mind and words come to your head and just like power of the presence of the Lord just comes over you right now and just bring peace, calmness and fire into your heart right now. Yes, Lord. Mm. Yes, Lord. You say yes, Lord. You say yes, Lord. Just some of those folk that are just sitting around those people that are standing, can you just reach towards them? Just reach towards them, lay your hands to them and bless what God's doing. Some of you might like to actually just actually get really up close to them and lay your hands on them. Just bless what God's doing. Father, Taj has asked for a Jesus encounter with these folk. And we, we, we say, yes, Lord Jesus, come. Whether it's for the first time or the hundredth time, come, Lord Jesus, come. That's the prayer of the church of the ages. The spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you, Jesus. While you folk are having a Jesus encounter there, Dave, why don't you just lead in some prayer about the the joy. So for all of us, and for those particularly who... who... um, are finding themselves in a place where the, the do's and don'ts and the, the re- religiousness of doing life or the colours gone out of life because you just day in, day out, boring kind of stuff. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for these colourless times because it makes the colourful times shine so bright and vivid. And we invite you to come now, Holy Spirit, for one of those times, an injection of colour, an injection of joy. So you're standing there now or even you're sitting and you're thinking about all the things that have to happen this afternoon and the worries of this world, which will take away that joy, which, will, which need to be paid attention to. But the place that you're drawing from to address those issues is reasonably and understandably coming from your ability to solve the problems. But this has to do with a well. Jesus said, 
Come to me, all you who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your weary souls. At another time he said that he is the living water, and anyone who comes to me and drinks will never be thirsty again. Today is the time where we draw from Jesus as our well, that we draw water out of the living water. We draw living water. and So God, I pray that you will come now, Jesus, and that there be a welling up of living water in these people, in all of us, Lord. Yes. And so that we will live from that place, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray that you will put... let And so let now the worries and cares that are bugging you and that are plaguing you and wearing you down, I invite you to come before the throne of grace, the throne of grace, which is also the cross, and to lay that at his feet and to shake that off and to step away from that and to drink from him who is the spring of living water. Come now, Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you're doing in each other's lives, in our friends' lives. We thank you, Lord. We see that transaction happening. Yes. Yes. Let let the joy of the Lord. I'm going to sing a song. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 Hallelujah. Let the strength that comes with coping in every day come from the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Help us to understand strength in that new and living way, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Let the joy flow and let the joy become the measurement by which we deal with our everyday circumstances. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes. Bring increase now, Holy Spirit. Taj and Dave have just, uh, you know, asked of you, God, because they know of your goodness. And they're asking it for everyone in this room, particularly those that are standing this morning. So we ask for a full increase, Lord, a full impartation of that which you've done in Dave and Taj. And it would just be blessing and life to your people. In the name of Jesus, receive that impartation now. Receive the fullness of that to your life and to your soul. In Jesus' name, just stay in that place. I've just got Tim here. He's just going to share a word with us that that the Lord's placed on his heart this morning. Um, For for the sake of my own sanity, I have to share this. Um, Else God's not going to leave me alone. So... Um, God gave me a word, uh, a word later this week. Uh, the word citadel. And he seems to love giving me words that I have no idea what they mean. Um, so I have to always look them up. But the citadel is, is a kingdom principle. The citadel is the part of a kingdom which is most secure, the safest part. And when a city gets attacked, um, this is ancient times and current times. They have it uh, for current uh, situations. If the city gets attacked, the citadel is the safest part. Everyone retreats to the citadel to be safe. I feel like that is a word for someone or everyone today that this is a kingdom principle. This is a kingdom principle for us as a church. We need to see the church as our citadel, a place when the enemy attacks and you feel vulnerable. Sorry. Um been a while since I've, um, you're safe, you're safe here. And if, I just want to pray today that if that's not your experience or past experience has been different, I pray right now that God would heal that, that you would trust this citadel, the church, not the building, the people. You can uh, trust the people here to be the safe place when you were attacked by the enemy because they are here for you. If if you're not receiving that, I, I, I ask that you push for that. You pray for that. You test God in that. This is why the church is here. The church is here to protect each other. The arm is supposed to protect the body. The legs are supposed to protect the body. That's why we are here together. And I, I ask that you would push into that. You would, you would push into the church, into kinships, into, into vineyard, pine rivers, 
just to seek out the safety because you, you are not you're not to, meant to do this alone okay so, so thank you bless you Tim thanks mate so thank you that is a word from the Lord that is a word from the Lord hey church we're just we're just finishing up now but what we're doing is if you if you're here this morning and you would like someone to pray with you please just turn to the folk that are next to you and just say hey before I get up and go can you just pray for me about this because this is what the Lord's been talking to me about today and I'd really like some help with that just reach towards each other pray for each other and if I could encourage you in one thing that I think is grossly undervalued as a tool of the disciple of Jesus and that tool is this you have been authorized as the friends and disciples of Jesus to extend his blessing into the earth. And when you, you got to understand, when you say to someone over a cup of coffee or whether you say to someone over a glass of wine at the end of a day or whether you're in aisle 14 at Woolworths and you've just helped pick a can of baked beans up off the floor that someone has dropped and you hand it back to them, and you say to them, square in the eyes, bless you. Bless you. I'm, I'm like right now, guys, I am like loading your weapons this week to go and bless your world in Jesus' name. And don't ever feel like you need to be quiet or hide that truth of who he is. He is life forevermore. And our world is dying for a lack of Jesus. So go ahead and bless the world. Even now, I bless you as my people. Not over you, but as one of you. I bless you as my people in the name of our almighty God, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our Father, the Son, the Messiah, the Christos, the King, Jesus, the One, the Anointed One and in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, the one who would come and comfort and bring the power of God upon the people as your rightful inheritance. I bless you in the name of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Have a great week in the kingdom. Thanks for being our family. God bless you. See you, folks. Thanks, Taj. Thanks, Dave. God bless you. Have a great week in the kingdom of God.